Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So, the Utah Jazz go to Milwaukee without Rudy Gobert, and they get beat. I thought they played pretty well. They certainly shot the three really well. Uh, a couple things sunk them. Offensive rebounds. They just gave up too many, especially late in the game. I think Bradley had like nine defensive boards at halftime. But I thought that the Bucks probably made a really concerted point that they were going to attack the rim more and they were going to attack the backboards more. And that paid off as they got the narrow win over the Jazz. But uh, Jazz played pretty well. If they play that well and shoot it that well in the uh, next four games, uh, they'll have a nice road trip when they get home. And the BYU Cougars get the win over UCLA. UCLA lost to Hofstra. Now they lose to UCLA. Uh, they lose to BYU. BYU really ran away in the last six minutes of that game. And won pretty convincingly. All right, we'll have more on the basketball coming up. Best of the Jazz postgame show is on the way. But first, let's go to BYU. They're getting ready to play San Diego State. Let's hear from Kalani Sataki, the Cougars head coach. What's your kind of plan this week as far as balancing Thanksgiving with practicing oh, and getting ready? Just going to win the game. That's what we want to focus on, winning the game, doing whatever we can to win the game. And I think uh, we'll, the only thing that will be changing is, is practice a little bit um, earlier on, on Thursday. So the players can get out to their families, and um, you know we have a we know where all our guys are at, whether they'll be at coaches or uh, teammates' homes. All the players will be taken care of um, that day, and expect them to eat a lot, and probably not participate in the Black Friday shopping. Um, but other than that, we you know got to prep, prep and work hard, and looking forward to today's meetings and practices because uh, I think uh, I think there's a lot of things that we can improve on, and looking forward to getting that that done today. Is there some concern that the, the third stringers, the backups, weren't real sharp again in that second half, or, or do you just kind of write it off to the game is out of hand? No, if you saw me during the game, I did a lot of like a lot of vocalizing how I felt about it. So I expect those guys to to, to perform well, you know. And uh, some of the guys did, some didn't. And I think if you, um, you know, just because the game was under control. Uh, doesn't mean that we go easy on them. We have to coach them hard and spend time with them and expect them to play at their best. I don't think they did. Um, a, a good number of them did, though, and others didn't, and it, and it, it cost us it cost us some points. And But I think those are valuable um, lessons for them to learn. I think if you look at, like, an, ex- uh, an example to me would be uh, McChesney against Idaho State. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that he did that weren't, Correct, you know, and and probably uh, Coach Stewart could tell tell you more about it. But we were talking about it earlier, and you know whether it's this track of his um, of his run, um, how he took the handoff, where his eyes were at. Not everything was really what he we hoped for in practice. Um, he didn't do some good things, but um, in order for us to get him to work on it, I think the experience of him going through that and and and, and having some film was good for Coach Stewart to work on and. Boom, away he goes against uh, UMass, you know. So I'm expecting him to keep progressing and, and play better when we get to San Diego State this weekend. And that's how I expect all those guys to perform. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, we we would like to keep, kept the shutout in the second half, but it's football. I got uh, these guys. I, the stat that matters to me the most is the win, and the rest is trying to get the team ready for for future opportunities. And and chances for them to be on the field. And, and some of them you're just going to have to 
grind your teeth and 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 just correct it. And others, you're going to praise them for what they do and try to be consistent. But I think those. I just gave McChesney as an example because I think you saw a lot of growth from him in one week. And imagine what he can do, what the others can do if they keep uh, progressing like how he did. Most of the time in a blowout, when you're playing your reserves, they're playing their reserves. But they actually kept their first team reserves. Mm-hmm. Is that more valuable for your reserve guys? Exactly, yeah. And, and the fact that they kept their guys and they kept throwing and they're doing the regular offense, so that's stuff that, that is really valuable for our guys to go through. And, um, you know, we've had to – it's just you can't simulate that in, in – in practice and so the, now that it's out there and it's on film you know we're going to make some corrections a lot of the guys are watching the film on the way home on, on the flight home and so they, they saw it for themselves but it's, it's, it's a really good um, opportunity for us to, to get better and get our depth better and get them game ready what do you remember about the recruitment of Jackson I mean I remember when you got mm-hmm. hired Jax was already committed but just you know, down that yeah, about him at high school. we still had to keep him. Um, you know, there's like I think the he might have been the fourth phone call after Taysom and Jamal and some of the others. But um, uh, Jackson was always going to be a BYU guy. His brother um, Austin was on the team at the time too, and and uh, you know if he didn't have any injuries, that he possibly could be starting for us at safety or corner right now. But um, McChesney was a speedster. We saw him making plays at Lone Peak. I mean, he was committed for a long time, but the guy made plays and then went and won a lot of track meets running the 100 meters. So you have a guy with good instincts and good vision. The only problem was that he came home uh, from his mission and and uh, the speed wasn't all there, but you could see the potential and we had to work him in slowly and get him in shape. And and um, yeah, I think he's still got some more work to do, And but he, he's, he's progressing and doing a great job. And I, I think... Um, giving the missionary some time to adjust and get ready. I, if you ask anyone that served a mission, and they'll say that it probably takes a good year for them to feel like their legs are back. You know, for I'm still waiting for my legs to come back from my mission. <laughs> With his performance, does do you expect him to be the starter, or who's going to be competing for that, that starting role? Um, it's it's always going to be during the week. Compete. Everyone has to compete, and that's from every position. And and then we'll see who wins the spot. So. Uh, between him and Tyler and Lopini, we'll, we'll see. Who, uh, and we may have to use all three of them like we did this last time. And you know, so we'll we'll see how it goes and how the health of Soup and others come along. Statistically speaking, you go from one of the worst defenses last week now to one of the best. What makes the Aztec defense so good? Rocky Long is a good coach. He's been around and and he's uh, coordinated some great defenses and he's been head coach of some great defenses and so uh, he has tons of experience. And, um, you know, I, I look at, like, the coaching staff. They have a lot of experience on their coaching staff. Guys that have been head coaches and have been a lot of different places. So uh, experience-wise, they you can tell they're well-coached, and you can tell that they're tough, and they, they take the same personality that Rocky Long has, and, and uh, we expect their best shot. I said every week, we just got to make sure they get ours as well. So uh, it's going to be a, a fun opportunity for us to empty our, ta- our tanks and, and – uh, you know, and just worry about this game and, and finish it off the right way. What are you going to do about your kicking woes? Um, just keep competing and see what happens. I mean, he hit the upright, so that's a positive. You know, that means he's that means he's not like missing it by too much. But uh, we believe in our, co- our our kickers, and it's a long season. And there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, we'll just compete and see who who's going to be our place kicker, and 
maybe the dual duty of being a punter and place kickers hard. I mean, I we've had, I think I've only had been part of one team that's done it, and that was Louis Dakota, who was All American. You know, so it uh, might be something that's really hard for him to do. But regardless, I, I think he's going to have to keep working and keep competing, and we'll, we'll be okay. You say woes like it's like we've never made a field goal before. <laughs> I think he's missed a couple. Yeah, it's, the guys in the NFL get paid a lot of money, and they're still missing them. So, it's uh, the woes are all part of football. <laughs> San Diego State used to sort of serve as a rivalry game for BYU. What are sort of the memories that you remember from back in the day mm-hmm. going up against the Aztecs? Um, I remember going to San Diego and having warm weather, and even when it rained, it was nice, and so that was a positive. And I remember playing in time like this like November when it's about to snow and and we're heading to the sunny California so looking forward to it I also remember that we had a lot of players um, a lot of fans in that area in in Southern California so uh, I know that there'll be a lot of support there and looking forward to the game you know I just I think I've always remembered the athleticism and speed San Diego State's always had and it's been that way for a very long time and Looking forward to the matchup. What shows up on film in regards to San Diego State's offense? Yeah, they're a tough running team. I mean, uh, I think they've had, you know, since Rocky's been there, they put some NFL running backs in there. So they've had some, they got, they have a great scheme. And uh, I think they want to run the ball. That's what they want to do. And we've uh, had some issues with it in the past. And we're looking forward to seeing how we match up this weekend against a, a power. And they're, they're a power run team. They, they'll do a lot of power and counter and, things that are downhill and so uh, yeah I think there's going to be a good challenge for our guys and hope our D-line's ready for it and I think they will be. So last week when you had the contract extension every player every assistant coach gave the thumbs up mm-hmm. what's what's your secret why do people like you so much? <laughs> <laughs> I know you like me too right well, so yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't, I don't I, I'm sure there's some that don't. Is, you make it sound like you've checked with everyone well, to see if they like me or not. I've I, never heard a person say oh, a bad word about you. I mean, I, I, I'm just going to be myself, and I, 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 that, that makes me feel good. Thank you. you know, for, uh, but I, I value getting to know people. And um, I may not agree with everybody, especially if they're critical of me, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from someone that is. I, I think it's okay to have conversations. I've had debates over the Lakers and Jazz for a long time, Michael Jordan, LeBron. I'm always open for that. So, um, yeah, I don't have to be right all the time. And if you ask my wife, I'm rarely right. So, uh, But I, I do value just getting to know people and and finding out um, what they, how they genuinely feel about things, you know what I mean? And, and um, I try to you know, give as much feedback as I can about myself and just interact. I think that's part of that's part of life. That's why we're here, you know, and I got to, I, I used to be a really young, when I was young, I was a shy kid, didn't get to know people, and then I'd been around Lavelle and, and other people and seen the, the example and the, just the way that they've had such good people here when I was playing, and I think this was the place that kind of helped me open up my eyes into how my life could be better just being around um, other people and, and getting to know others, whether they agree with you or not. Head into the final regular season uh, game of the season. Uh, what do you see the biggest growth from start to finish from your team? Oh man, that's a tough one. I, I see growth everywhere. I really do, and I see a sense of urgency from the seniors and the leadership. And 
I see a, a team that cares about each other and that loves each other, you know, and underclassmen just caring about how the seniors feel and wanting to give them uh, great memories. And so the culture is starting to, you know, it's, it's been going really well for a long time, but the, they're starting to really thrive now. And, and when you go through tough times is when you really lean on that. And so I think that's the one thing is that the culture is really growing, but it's not anything that I've done. It's just, it's just stuff that happens here at BYU and things that you, if you organize it with the right people around, it will continue to grow and become strength for the program. Rocky Long made his feelings pretty clear a couple weeks ago, saying he, if it was up to him, he wouldn't schedule BYU. What do you think of these matchups against old WAC and Mountain West rivals? Oh, I like it. I, it's football. I mean, I, um, I, I didn't know he said that, but I, that's okay. We'll, we'll play this weekend. And I know Rocky is a, is a, is a good man, you know, and, and competitive. And so um, I'm just looking forward to the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I respect him and his coaches. and definitely respect the players and looking forward to the matchup I know that they've had uh they've had a really good season you know and they, they've been ranked um so they they're a team that we're looking forward to, to playing and and the fact that it's at the end of the year and I just like I like the last game of the season you know where you know you're, we already know we're going to go to bowl game and we know we're going to have some time to recover so you just can really just give everything you got and empty everything you guys have thrived in, in is what you call you know tight spots. How do you get? What maybe are the challenges when you're a team that's now on a winning streak and you're having a lot of success? Well, I think you just create the opportunities for them to, to understand what, what's that, what's it's, you know what's what opportunities they have in front of them rather than um, fear-based things. You know, we're looking at the opportunity to, to go out and win another game and play for the seniors and play in front of our fans and um, you know a lot of guys are going to be close to home. There and so we're looking at opportunities, uh, the opportunities that present itself with this game, not uh, any threats that, that, that they pose. So that's the main thing. The Hawaii Bowl, your opponent hasn't been determined. Mm -hmm. Do you have any preference? It could be from the Mountain West, the AAC. Do you have any? You know, nope. you care at all about that? Yeah. Let's play a couple games there. I'll be happy to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I, it doesn't matter to me. I, I trust uh, the bowl game will choose a, a, a great opponent and. Just looking forward to, to that matchup after this one, you know. But yeah, I, there's a lot of really good teams out there that that, that could be uh, that we could face, and just thankful that we have this opportunity to play that game. Remember, your future schedules have California teams at the end of the year, like San Diego, USC, and Stanford. How important is California for you guys in recruiting that state? Well, I think Tom Holm was a California boy, so it made sense that uh, you just end the season in California. I think. I think that's good for us, and, and, and uh, you know, I don't mind it. So I, I don't know if that was planned or anything, but that's probably a question you can ask Tom, but I don't mind it. I like it. How important is the state, like, in terms of prospects in California, in terms of you guys recruiting? Efforts? Yeah, I think, I think uh, for us, you know, it's a different dynamic with recruiting. I mean, we, we have to recruit guys that fit the fit everything. I mean, it's just it's some and, – and a lot of them we'll find within the religion, but there's a lot of guys that we found that are, that are not members of the church that actually – live this lifestyle and love being in, in, a, in a, a prestigious academic school. And so uh, we just have to get out there and, and recruit them all. And a good number of them come from California, Utah, Idaho, in, in, on the west side. And then we also have some uh, that we can reach out to that are in the members. And like I said, we, have, we take member referrals all the time. So fast guys in your ward, let us know. And big guys, let us know. With the win on Saturday, you have an opportunity to get to eight regular season wins after starting two and four. What does that mean to you to be able to have played the way you have had over the last 
you know, several weeks? You know, I'm just not thinking about that right now. We're just thinking about the chance to play another game. And I, I, I don't think our guys really worry about the record as much as how well they're playing right now. And that's and uh, it's a lot of fun. The guys are growing and getting better, and we're, we're able to do it with some wins in our pocket, you know. So I think we just focus on this one being the last game of the year and just praise our guys for, for giving them another opportunity to play together. But uh, really looking forward to this, this week and having gratitude this week. It just makes sense that we're – in a great spot and just keep playing. You mentioned McChesney earlier. What? Who were some other young guys that you know got some opportunities that stood out to you in your film evaluation? Uh, ben Bywater. Um, I think Keenan Peely was a little banged up earlier. Um, there's a lot of guys. I think if you just go down the list and see those that were freshmen and sophomores that played, uh, I would say I'm trying to think of others. I mean, it's always good for Max Tooley and, and Peyton Wilgard. All, all those guys are younger. We have a good young team, but um, yeah, we, we are able to get some young safeties in the game too. And so um, I can't really think of anybody. I mean, just go down the list. I think a lot of them, the ones that haven't played in games, that have only played in the four, those are the ones that I'm talking about. But there's also a lot of freshmen that, have, you know, whether they've been banged up or not, they're getting some significant time now. There's BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. We're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. All right, time to head up to the University of Utah, Kyle Whittingham's press conference as Utah gets ready for Colorado. Okay, not much to add uh, from what I, my observations about the last game at the uh, post-game press conference. You know, we played well, uh, did what we needed to do. Offense, defense, special teams, very solid. A lot of uh, great individual performances, starting with Zach Moss. And so uh, it was good to go down and, and get a win on the road in Arizona, just like I said, we needed to do. And uh, now we turn all our attention to Colorado. Uh, senior night for us, senior late afternoon, I guess it would be. We got to about 16, 16 or 17 seniors that we're going to say goodbye to that have that have done uh, so much for this program and uh, been so instrumental to to uh, any success that we've had. Um, Colorado's coming off a couple game uh, win streak. You know, they've, they've had uh, Stanford and Washington back to back. Got uh, two nice wins, especially against the Huskies uh, a couple days ago. Uh, they're starting to play better. Uh, they had a rough spot there in the middle of the season, but but uh, have played better at least in the last two ball games. Uh, they got. Uh, a lot of weapons, quarterbacks playing well. The receiver is a, a big-time talent, uh, Chenault. And uh, they got two receivers with over 50 catches, and uh, Chenault being one of them. And uh, we got, uh, you know, we got to be ready to play, just like always. Uh, they're obviously motivated uh, ball implications for them. And we've got our own implications that we're, we're dealing with. And so two motivated teams should be squaring off on uh, Saturday late afternoon. So questions. 
Coach, uh, looking at Brant Keith these last couple of games, he's had over 200 receiving yards for you. He's also had a couple rushing touchdowns. What's really key to his emergence as, as such a dynamic offensive playmaker, especially late in the season? Yeah, he's just starting to come into his own. I don't know if there's any one thing he's doing differently. Uh, he's just uh, been open, and, and Tyler's done a good job of finding him. And when he does get the ball in his hand, he's been dynamic with the ball and, and making plays. And you know, he's always been athletic. He's not, uh, you know, nothing's changed in that regard. But uh, he's a he's a guy that uh, is a weapon for us right now. And, and like you mentioned, the last two games, he's really started to emerge. And and don't have any great answer for that other than he's talented, and talent usually rises to the surface at some point. Could you speak to how difficult it is to go through undefeated in nine conference games and reiterate your call to have all the major conferences play the same number of conference games? Yeah, no change on my stance in that as far as that goes. Uh, you know, nine conference games. And again, it doesn't really matter what the number is as long as the whole country's in the same boat. And I think that's where it needs to be equitable and it needs to be uniform because there's so much at stake. There's so much at stake with the way the playoffs are structured right now that it uh, it's just not a level playing field when when you have a different amount of conference games and and so that's been my stance uh, you know for the last few years and can't do anything about it really I mean the you know the schedules or or the uh, contracts and so forth or or uh, go years out I guess but but uh, it would be nice for at some point in the near future to uh, if we can to get the, that. You know, ironed out so everybody's playing the same amount of conference games, which again levels the playing field. Or, go ahead. How hard, how hard it is to actually go undefeated through nine games? Oh, it is. Yeah, it's very difficult, especially in a conference like the Pac-12, where it's very balanced and you got you got a lot of depth in this league. And so it just, uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough task. And I guess when's the last time somebody did it? I don't know. So, you know, thought maybe Oregon would have got it done this year, slipped up Saturday night. So I can't remember when the last time a team went through. Uh, Undefeated uh, through conference play. I'm sure Kurt knows, but I don't know. You always uh, talk about the guys have to improve and people have to get better. Looking over the course of the season, which position group has improved the most in your mind? Oh, good question. Uh, probably offensive line. You know, we started out with three new faces in there, and uh, or at least two and a half, I guess you could say. And so it was. Uh, a situation where it took a few weeks for them to come together and start to gel and uh, you know that's a, a position that requires time together you know those five guys working in, in, in sync with each other is is something that does take time so I would say that uh, you know going into the season with uh, you know with the with the experience we had at, at various positions I would say that the offensive line is the one that has uh, made the most progress Kyle, what are the challenges going into a regular season finale that has implications? I know you did like an 04 and 08, and then um, the slip up in 11 to Colorado, and then last year you had to get up to, to go to the championship. Just what are the challenges there, and do you do anything different? Nothing different. I'd say it's the same as every week. You know, there's there's no uh, change in preparation uh, from week to week unless there's a short week or a long week. You know, the, the time frame could, could alter things. But as far as a Saturday-to-Saturday Saturday contest, there really is is no difference in the way we structure things, the way we prepare. Our mindset is all consistent, and I think that's how you need to be. You need to be consistent, and, and uh, otherwise the players 
you know, why are we doing this this week but not another week? I mean, you can't, you know, every game's important. Every game has the same value. And so, you know, this game wouldn't be as important if we had slipped up somewhere earlier. So every game is, is uh, equally important. Kyle, obviously you hope every recruiting class hits, but what was it about this year's seniors that have been here for four years looking back now that maybe helped kind of shift the landscape for this program? Well, first of all, the talent level. We got a bunch of really good players in this senior class. And, uh, you know, two years ago, when you look at the roster, you could see it coming that this was going to be a year where, where uh, there was going to be a lot of talent on the field and a lot of, a lot of uh, key players uh, assuming or barring, you know, injury or early departures, which fortunately didn't happen for us. And so uh, it was just you could see it coming. And these guys, and just because you see it coming or you think you have some potential or a chance doesn't mean it always happens. And these guys have made it happen. And their, their work ethic, their leadership, their approach to the game, uh, is, it's all come together. And it's been a special season so far. Still got work to do, but so far it's been, uh, it's been very enjoyable. Uh, with Damari's punt returns the other night, was that maybe the first game this season that either team had a decisive edge in special teams? I think so. I think that's an accurate statement. We have a goal sheet uh, for uh, special teams. We have a goal sheet for offense and defense as well. But special teams, there's 10 goals that we try to hit. And we figure if we hit seven of them, that's a, a dominating performance. And we hit eight of those goals for the first time. It was, our, it was the, uh, the, the most goals we've attained special teams-wise all season long. And you're right, we finally got something going in the punt return game, which was great to see. And the follow-up to that is you've, special teams have been such a huge component of your success over the years, but maybe this year your offense is so good that that's less true? Uh, the offense has been a huge part of our success this year. I will say that, and I will also say that as, as much as I hate to say it, special teams' uh, impact has been a little bit diminished by the rule changes. You know, The kickoff and kickoff return is essentially – out of the game almost completely and, and maybe out of the game completely in the next few years. And so that's, you know, that was uh, two of the four main functions as far as punt return, punt, kickoff return, kickoff. You know, we put, we lumps uh, the, K, the PAT field goal and field goal block in a little bit different category. But uh, with the rule changes, it has had a uh, impact on the game and made special teams not quite as impactful as it once was. Kyle, Jalen Johnson hasn't been shy about planning to leave after three years is is there a plan to maybe honor him Saturday as well even though he's not a senior yeah we're gonna we're gonna have something and, and I've got to have a discussion with Jalen again and make sure we're doing it what you know the way he wants it done and and uh, we fully uh, are on board if if that's the decision he ultimately sticks with that was uh, something we talked about during the recruiting process it's no surprise and uh, you talk about a guy that laid out a plan and laid out some goals and and uh, really achieved every one of them that's that's Jalen he's a He's a guy that's very organized and knows what he wants. With, with Brian probably out with injury, I mean, do you How have? How do you know? I'm just guessing. I'm just okay. Guessing. But right. <laughs> I mean, you obviously have the info. But uh, if he doesn't go, is there any any other receivers, maybe redshirt guys that you could put in there that that may make an impact or have some some time in there? Well, if you've noticed, we've got Devon Vele, who's been back in action for the last uh, couple games that. Uh, is back in the mix and is still redshirting, but still has games left before he reaches that threshold. Covey, we've talked about, still in redshirt mode. It's not, as we've said before, absolutely set in stone. It, it's very unlikely that he'll make a, a reappearance. But uh, to answer your question, no, we got uh, you know eight other really good receivers that have been in the rotation. That uh, if Brian is not available, we'll pick up the slack. 
coats. Checking your messages, Mike? Yeah. Okay. Anything interesting? All right. Gotcha. Coach, uh, Mel Tucker, Colorado's coach, said when he got hired that he wanted to establish kind of a physical defensive identity with, with his team. And they have picked it up the last few games. And, and you've faced quite a few opponents this year in the Pac-12 that have that physical defensive identity. Do you see that as becoming more of a trend throughout the conference, kind of like how the wide open offense was a few years back? Yeah, we'll see. I think time will tell. I don't have a crystal ball to, to give you a great answer, but but they certainly have been really good on defense the last couple of weeks. Uh, be, they've uh, added some more exotic pressure uh, packages than what they had earlier in the season and uh, they've played very well uh, in those two wins and so I'm not sure if that's going to be a trend or not I guess time will tell don't have a great answer there coach the uh, the two fourth and ones that didn't uh, that didn't work did you identify what went wrong there is there any uh, concern with short yardages going forward uh, no major concern is disappointing that was one of the low lights of the game you know we talked about the positives and there's always negatives to correct and, and the fourth and short you know twice being denied uh, the penalties would be another one you had too many penalties in that game so we certainly address all that but but uh, we had uh, a little a spatial problem with the pullers on one of the fourth downs and we didn't uh, didn't execute it very well it was the one in the field to play and then the one uh in the goal line area, you know, they just made a nice play. I mean, credit them for making a play, but but uh, wouldn't you know? We're not second guessing ourselves. I mean, we felt like that was definitely the the right calls to go for it. It just didn't work out for us, and and. Uh, you know, the second half, or the, excuse me, the end of the first half, people say, well, the clock management, I mean, we got all four snaps off. It was it was first and goal, and we got all four snaps off. And so I think, you know, we were in the huddle a little bit longer than we anticipated on one of them. We'd like to have maybe eight or ten seconds left on third down instead of six seconds. That was the one uh, error that, would, that uh, we should have corrected. But but uh, otherwise, uh, like I said, no, no change in our philosophy or what we would have done. Just didn't execute as well as we should have, and, and credit uh, Arizona for making the plays on both those stops with the success of the season and the number of seniors this has an opportunity to be a prolonged emotional pregame senior ceremony how will you address to make sure that the players have their emotions in check so when it's game time they're ready to go yeah that's a good question and we uh, don't plan on on uh, changing from our format that we've had for a lot of years. It takes about six or eight minutes to get through the seniors and, and honor them, and then we just stay out on the field for the kickoff. So it does alter the pregame uh, mechanics a little bit, but but uh, I don't think in years past it's ever been a problem. And, and uh, like I said, we're going to use the same routine this year, even though uh, there's some really, really good players. we got good players graduating every year, but we seem to have an abundance of them this year. So we just hope that uh, people stay on an even keel and don't uh, get too emotional, and I don't believe they will. I think that we'll be all right. There's been a lot of, you know, it's kind of become an almost a cliche talking point with the media and some fans about the late starts and how bad they are and how bad they are uh, for the club and the national perception. It seems like Utah and Oregon have been getting a lot of 2 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock, ABC, ESPN, Fox stuff. Do you hear from recruits in Texas and Florida? Do you notice a difference in recruiting? Do not. I've never had anybody say uh, anything commenting on kickoff times at all you know recruiting wise it's just uh, you know most of them most all of them the ones that are very interested watch it you know regardless of what time it's on and and uh, 
while it's fresh on my mind, I'd like to have a, a little shout out to our fans to please arrive early. You know, going back to senior day and make sure those, those stands are full for when those seniors get introduced prior to kickoff. And I know I didn't want to change the subject on you, but, but I think it's important that uh, if we can get the people in the stands and honor those seniors the right way, that'll be a big plus for us and a, a boost for them. But uh, as far as kickoffs, back to your original question, no, I've never had a, an instance where somebody's complained about that or said, no, nah, I was on too late, so I couldn't stay up and watch it. None of that has ever ever occurred. And we're not on a ton of guys in the Eastern time zone, you know, Central time zone more so than the Eastern, but, but uh, yeah. I just wondered if it's, a, if it's a, it is what it is kind of thing, but is it odd that season you What had? isn't what it is? I know, exactly. Yeah. I know you love that. Right? I love it, yeah. It's, it's so but realizing the season you've had, is what are your thoughts on the fact that it's really come down to the last game before you can even lock up the Pac-12 South, considering all the things your team's accomplished? It's yeah, kinda... it speaks to the competitiveness of the league, and... Uh, you know, it has been a, a very good season so far, but we're not we're not uh, losing focus. I mean, we got more work ahead of us. We know that, and not not just this game. That's the only game we're focusing on right now. But there's there's things that uh, we got to take care of, and so. Uh, but I think it just you know speaks to the the, the balance and the the uh, depth you know one through twelve this conference has. And then the second question, rushing defense, you, you guys held them under another team under 100 again, you just mm-hmm. talk about, and it looks like you got another challenge this week, but... Yeah, that's where it all starts for us on, on defense is, is taking away the run or stopping the run. And and uh, we've got a team that does a pretty good job running the ball this week, over 150 a game. I think it's 157. Uh, tailback that's been pretty productive. He's fourth or fifth in the league rushing. And so that's got to be our MO. That doesn't change week to week unless, like I said, a rarity, Washington State or somebody that throws it 70 times a game, which is not, not very often. Is this senior class kind of emblematic of how you want to recruit the entire footprint of this program? Looking I would at say, it? yeah. I think it's uh, very in line with that. And, uh, you know, if we could have, you know, six-plus senior bowl invites and all the things that are going on every year, that would be spectacular. So that's our goal. And is there a senior in this class that maybe exceeded expectations from the time he came mm-hmm. on campus to where he is now? I'm sure there is. I'd have to have the list in front of me. But uh, there's guys, Lucky Fotu has come from a guy that didn't know much about football to where he is today. Um, some guys came really good already. You know, Jalen Johnson was really good the second he stepped. Not that Lucky wasn't, but he just was raw. And so if I went through, me and you can get together in private and look at that list, and we'll, we'll talk about it. So uh, Again, on that quest to win the South, you, you said that night in the Coliseum, you told your players that it wasn't over. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, would you have realized it would literally take eight straight wins to do that? <laughs> there was a good inclination of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, like like we've said all year long, you just worry about what's in front of you and, and uh, just have some confidence that uh, the league is competitive enough that, that uh, you know, a one-loss record in conference was, was probably going to be good enough. Speaking of Colorado's offense, what what or how is Chenault maybe different than maybe some of the other receivers you faced this year? Uh, he's uh, 
tremendous after the catch. He's he's a great runner. You know, one, some receivers after they catch the ball, there's not much there, and they, you know, get a few yards here and there. But he is explosive after the catch, and really like a running back. When he after he makes a reception, he turns into a running back, and he could probably play running back. I mean, that's how talented he is. And if that's where he wanted to be and what he wanted to focus on, he's got the size and the talent to do that. But that that's what really stands out at, uh, with him is is his his run after catch ability. He's very dangerous. Coach, you uh, mentioned penalties earlier. You had a lot early in the season, then you went way down to almost nothing, and then the last two games have been up again. How much of a concern, if any, is that to you right now? Well, it's a concern, but as I always say, you're looking for that you know, all penalties are not created equal. Some are just ignorant and unexcusable and, and should never have occurred, while others are just acts of being aggressive and, and maybe not quite using the technique, the exact technique you're looking for. And so, uh, you know, we certainly were penalized too much in this last game, and we'll, we'll address it. But uh, we don't want to curb aggression. You want to be aggressive as a football team, and, and uh, you don't want to uh, lose that. Who does Montez kind of compare to in the league as far as his skill set? Well, he's more of a pocket guy. He's certainly capable of running the ball, but uh, he's more of a, a big uh, stand-in-the-pocket guy like uh, maybe the Washington QB or, or Oregon's QB, those bigger frame, you know, six foot four or five and 225, 30 pounds. So he's, he's a big kid, uh, can run, but they don't utilize a lot of QB runs with him, very few, if any. Uh, there's a QB draw here and there, and he'll pull the ball on his own read on occasion. But as far as Q counter and the and the typical Q runs that you see, uh, oftentimes in spread, that's not not their deal. Not that your team has had any issues overlooking, but is the Oregon loss another good reminder to this team that anything can happen in this conference? I think it is. I think it's a, a, another illustration of what can happen in this league if you're not ready to play and you're not completely focused. And I'm not accusing Oregon of not being ready to play, but you better be ready to play each and every week. Did you talk with Tyler, or, or maybe it was Andy? He carried the ball 18 times against USC. He's only carried it 29 in seven games since then. It seems like a real turning point in the way he plays. Part of that is his health. You know, he was uh, banged up for a good portion of that stretch since SC. But uh, the other part was by design, and Andy and Tyler talked. It was mainly Andy and Tyler, and and making sure. And plus, it's not only the, you know, Tyler's mindset. It's the uh, the play calling. You know, Andy's tailored the play calling to to reduce that load. And you saw Jason Shelley pick up some of that load in some of our games. And so, uh, I guess the answer is yes. There's been conversation with Tyler to uh, to not. Uh, be as eager to run and then also in the play calling which puts him out of harm's way and also due to his uh his limited mobility certain weeks there's kyle whittingham we heard kalani before him when we come back at the best of the jazz post game show stay with us take the zone with you wherever you go let's go download the all-new zone sports network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. The Utah Jazz get beaten. Milwaukee, no Rudy Gobert, not enough rebounds in the fourth quarter, and the Bucks slip past them. Let's get to the best of the postgame show with Jake. 
Your Jazz recap on DJ and PK and 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz fell to the Bucks, 122 to 118, but gave one heck of an effort, especially considering that Rudy Gobert did not play for the second consecutive game. Jazz had a chance to tie it up late. Donovan Mitchell went to the basket. Brooke Lopez uh, made a really nice play, got the block shot, and uh, the Bucks squeak out of there. But it wasn't a historic night for a number of different reasons. Giannis with 50 points. 17 of 31 shooting. Giannis was two away from his career high. That was a career high in uh, field goals attempted. He had 14 rebounds, six assists, a couple of steals. Just an unbelievable night from Giannis. And the Jazz set their franchise record for three-pointers made uh, with 21. They were 21 of 45, and that hot shooting from downtown certainly kept them in the game. Uh, but the Bucks got a bunch of offensive rebounds and uh, were able to hold off the Jazz on uh, game one of this uh, long road trip. Let's get you some points. A post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Well, he he's a terrific player. Well, he, you know, and he did what he's capable of doing. Uh, I think he made four threes. So when he's doing that, I think we did a really good job staying, trying to stay between him and the basket. And then, you know, when you do get stops, um, it's tough to secure a rebound because he's deep and he's able to rebound his own miss. But that, with the exception of there was a couple possessions where they went to him on the post. And um, you know, he scored. He scored a lot of different ways. But I, I mean, to be honest with you, um, I thought when they made a run, you know, and got got a lead, the way that we held our composure and came back, um, you know, that's that's what I want us to hang on to tonight. I was going to ask you about that, but mm-hmm. speaking about that, your your bench tonight, mm-hmm. the effort that they put in and what you got from them. No, they, they down the line. You know, um, Jeff came in, gave us a lift. Obviously, Emmanuel. Um, George, um, Joe had a terrific game. It's good to see him making plays, you know, being aggressive, shooting the ball. So, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of things for us to to build on. You seem to have some confusion at the last play when uh, Donovan goes to the bucket. I think they thought that was a foul or something. Can you kind of explain what went on there? Or? Um, you know, I think it looked like we were going to attack early, and then um, when that wasn't available. Um, you know, we, did, we needed to attack sooner when we were down two. And, you know, we ended up, Donovan getting to the rim, but um, we lost too much time on the clock. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a situation. I felt like we were in the open court and, you know, had some spacing and, you know, had a chance to attack. So we wanted to go, but in that case, we wanted to go quickly. You miss Rudy, but what do you think of Tony Bradley's minutes? Tony, Tony competed his tail off and, uh, you know, gave us, gave us really good minutes. Uh, played with a lot of composure and, you know, building from his last game where he did the same thing. Three players in lead point shooting, tremendous tonight. I mean, you really spaced them out and made it hard to make. Yeah, you know, we were a different team um, without Rudy. Um, I thought to- Tony did what we want Rudy to do a lot of times is um, to stay flat and not, you know, to force his man to help up and, and have a presence on the glass. But um, that's how, you know, I think our guys... You know, came out aggressively. We thought we were going to get some looks, and you know, we didn't want to turn any down, and, and they didn't. So I was happy to see that. Six guys in double figures. You got a lot of positive things to come out of this game, even though you might have lost it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Milwaukee's a terrific team, and you know, Giannis showed why he's the MVP in the second half. And but I, I didn't think we made it easy. You know, so um, you know, he he played at a level, and I, I, like I said, I, I thought. You know, our guys really responded um, to be in the game up in, you know, that last possession. 
Quinn, is he at another level now? You said you guys, yeah, you threw everybody at him, and he hit, he's got 50. Well, you know, he, when he's making making threes, too, you know, again, I, I thought, you know, we did a good job on him, and, and particularly in the first half, and they were missing some shots. And, you know, Wes Matthews, he can do that, too. So um, you're going to give something up, and, you know, you'd rather give up Giannis shooting a three than a dunk. But if he's making threes like that, you tip your hat to him because he's a terrific player. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as the Bucks beat the Jazz last night, 122-118. to Let's now let you hear from Donovan Mitchell. You know, we're kind of calling a few different things from different people, so it's kind of tough. You know, it's easy right now to say, oh, just go. But, you know, when you Boyan just hit one, so trying to get him to slip and get a three. I just made a floater, so we're trying to just, like, kind of a little indecision. But um, I think uh, we ran this in November, so, you know, when the time comes, we understand we've gone through this situation. So um, then we played we play well, everybody, you know, but... The fact that it came down to that last possession, even though they made their little push and, you know, he had 50, I think that's that's a, a good sign, you know, and we could, we could think we can do better for sure. Coach said that you can, you know, hang your hat on the fact that you guys responded to that third quarter the way you did. What do you take away from that? For sure. I think you got to give credit to uh, Emmanuel, George, Tony, uh, those three guys in particular coming in, being ready. Um, you know, I think without without those three in particular, you know, we, it's a different game. You know, I think um, I went to the back to go to the bathroom, but I think I was told that Emmanuel hit two big shots, and I came in and hit another one. Um, like that's that's the type of energy we need. That's the type of energy they bring. Um, George being able to push and transition, being decisive, shooting the ball, um, and then Tony stepping up big time. You know, he's he's a hell of a player, man. And I'm really proud of those three because they really kept us in it. You know, for sure. You know, even though you lose this game, and but you played so well just overall, and you had a Herculean effort from uh, Giannis, you got to feel good going into the next game, knowing that you, you you're really coming together now. Yeah, for sure. I think you know there, there's definitely moments where you want to win these games, but you can't win them all. You know, I think there's definitely times where you learn from it. Um, I don't think we're gonna hang our head, and at the end of the day, I'll still say it. You know, we haven't had uh, one of our greatest offensive games as a whole unit. You know, we've had great from about 95 percent of us, but you know, I think that's gonna be that's that's the biggest thing. You know, we still have stuff to improve on stuff to learn, feel each other out. Uh, I think late game situation like that is another instance. We just got to kind of feel it out and we'll be fun. Both those games came down to the final shot or a final play when he played the Bucks. So, I mean, that says a lot about both teams. Yes, for sure. Um, I think we pride ourselves on trying to be a team that's going to play late, you know, for sure. But we got to do the step. Make, we got we to gotta grind and get to that to that point. You know, they've established that they've been there. They know they were in the conference final or, you know, the conference finals last year. Um, so to be able to be at that level against a team like that is definitely, um, you know, it's a good thing. But, you know, we're not trying to just settle. We're trying to win these games. And, you know, and I think um, we could have got them tonight, but they obviously, you know, Giannis had 50 is the MVP for a reason, but, um, you know, we did a lot of good things. What do you think about Giannis? So he just he's, tough. Yeah, he's in tough. You know, I think the biggest thing with him is when he gets that shot going, I think, you know, he's 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 damn near unstoppable, you know, for sure. I think that's that's one thing that really helped him tonight, for sure, just the confidence. You see it, you know, it was a different player from today than it was uh, when even in Utah. Um, and hats off to him. That was Donovan Mitchell at 20 points on 7 of 17 shooting. Let's now let's hear from Tony Bradley. Uh, I think we we played hard um, defensively. Um, it's just the game is made of runs, and we just got to finish up those last few possessions in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, is it just a matter of Giannis doing what Giannis does there in that second half? Yeah, he's always aggressive, trying to drive, and you see there a layup because he shoots high percentage shots in the in the lane, or it's a foul, so it's hard to guard. It's pretty hard to guard him. How are you feeling about your just your confidence in your game after the last two performances? Really solid. Uh, 
I feel like it's always something I need to do better, but it's not bad. Appreciate it. Um, it's not. I don't think it's too bad. Um, just good experience for me. Are you able to sense the chemistry on offense? Coach was also talking about the way you're playing flat. You know, getting running downhill and how that's creating that spacing for the threes we saw tonight. Yeah, I just try to set the screen and get out the way. Um, unless, <laughs> unless they, I mean, yeah, get flat and just pretty much get out the way or unless they call me back to set the screen. So then the shot goes up, I try to go to the glass and get the rebound. So you feel more, more comfortable with your role now, uh, being able to play more minutes and, and do so well? Yeah, I, I feel like the, the more I play, the more, like, com- not, well, I feel a little bit more confident um, and just comfortable with the guys in sense screens, just knowing what to do better and like win better and uh, yeah. Nice night for Tony Bradley. Second game in a row he's played really well stepping into the starting lineup for Rudy Gobert. Eight points to go along with 11 rebounds. He got in a little foul trouble in the second half but uh, overall really nice effort uh, for Tony Bradley. Uh, now let's let you hear from Emmanuel Moutier. Responded to that third quarter. Uh, it just shows who we are. Uh, you know, it's just a little, little things that happen that we wish we, we can take back, especially turnovers. I know I had, I had a few that I wish I definitely could take back, but um, just showing that we got some fight in us. Well, the bench came out and really rallied back there, and you yourself as well. What were you feeling in that moment? Uh, just trying to bring energy. Uh, you know, don't have a, a lot of people that's coming off the bench. We have that that dog mentality too. That's just, that's the whole team as well. But um, we just didn't want the games in in a in a bad way. We gave ourselves a chance, and that's all we can ask for. Coach said that you're really finding that balance between creating for yourself and creating for others. Um, what are your thoughts on that and your your progress there so far? Yeah, uh, just getting to know my teammates, knowing when to take a shot, when not to take a shot, um, and just like I said, uh, making the right play at the right time. There was Emmanuel Moutier, 12 points for him to go along with five assists. Nice nice game last night for Moutier, five of six from the field. And uh, those five assists, he's, he's certainly fitting into that bench lineup, no doubt about it. All right, DJ and PK will have more coming up right around the corner. Next Jazz game tomorrow night, Jazz in Indiana take on the Pacers. That game will tip at five. Pre-game coverage will begin at four, and you'll hear it all right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? The Monday Night Football, what a blowout. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.